Well, welcome again to, to Fur Road as we uh, continue on our journey through the book of Second Timothy. We're in week number four. And uh, remember, you can always go back to our website and listen to uh, um, the, the sermons that you missed in the past. Um, so, how many of you like to eat? <laughs> yeah, I mean, dumb question. We all like to eat, right? How many of you wish you didn't have to worry about the calories uh, from when you eat? Yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah, the older you get, the more, yeah, this is a problem, it seems like. So, um, how many of you are brave eaters? Like, you, you'll, you'll try about anything, all right? Okay, quite a few of you. How many of you are brave enough to come up here and try a few things that are, um, oh, kind of things that you would eat in Taiwan? Not cooked items, but some dried items. So, how many of you would be brave enough to come try a few of those? Okay. All right, Blaine, there's one. Who, who else? Matt, would you? All right. What? One more. So, Blaine, are you coming? All right, okay, come on, one more. All right. We do. Sarah, did you raise your hand? All right, Sarah, come on up. Okay. Okay, so why don't you guys come up right here on the stage. Okay, so kind of spread out here so everybody can see you. Okay, so I have a trash can here, <laughs> and I have water here too, okay? Okay, so uh, let's start with this. This is just some seaweed, okay? And I'll just give you a piece of it. This isn't, I'll just say this isn't too bad, it's pretty bland. Okay, go ahead and try it. Not a lot of flavor, really, right? It's not too bad. <laughs> you don't like it? <laughs> All right. So put it in there if you're, when you're done with it. Okay, fishy grass is how Matt described it. Okay, this one is dried squid, okay? I, I would not recommend smelling it before you ate it. it they, they eat it like this. Yeah? yeah? N- not horrible? Okay. All right. Not too bad. Okay. So you, you don't have to eat all of it. You can. Okay. This one is, uh, they call them, oh, in Taiwan they call them like Chinese sour balls. But they're uh, dried plum. And it's, it's a different flavor. I'll just tell you, it's a very strong flavor. And there is a seed in the center of it, okay? So, so you can suck on it for a little bit and then get ready probably to throw it away. <laughs> Holly likes these things. Uh, I can't stand them. Go, go ahead and try it. <laughs> try it. That's not... Put it in your mouth, Blaine. so what do you think pretty bad yeah yeah you wouldn't buy it okay all right so you can throw those away okay so just stay here for a minute i i need to talk for a minute and there's one more thing here in a sec anybody need water there you go all right um 
So, so yeah, earlier I asked about how, how many of you wish you didn't have to worry about calories when you ate things, and, and uh, what if there was something that you could eat as much as you wanted of, and, and you, whenever you ate it, you'd get closer to God? Wouldn't that be cool? Um, and, you know, they talk about superfoods, how good they are for you. Um, this, this is a super spiritual food, and some of you will figure out where I'm going with this probably already, but I'm, I'm talking about God's Word and uh, consuming God's Word. And so the Bible uses imagery uh, of eating God's Word many times throughout Scripture. For example, Psalms 119.103 says, How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Okay, and so there's lots of scriptures like this. So just to kind of illustrate this, um, turns out you can get edible paper. All right, so this is edible paper. It's actually used kind of for cake decorating. And, and so to illustrate that you, you can eat God's word, um, I'm going to have you guys eat one of these. You can pick your color. I promise that I ate this, so it's, it is edible. It's not great, but it is edible. All right. It is. I'll eat it with you. It's like a sugary type thing. So, yeah, so it's not terrible. It's not like those things, right? Okay, good job. You guys can sit down now. Let's give them a round of applause. So, yeah, there's several verses. Like I said, Jeremiah fifteen sixteen says, When your words came, I ate them. They were my joy and my heart's delight, for I bear your name, Lord God Almighty. Ezekiel 3, 3 says, Then he said to me, Son of man, eat this scroll I'm giving you and fill your stomach with it. So I ate it, and it tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth. And, and uh, you have this kind of imagery. Really, throughout Scripture, uh, other times God's word is compared to milk and to bread and to meat. And th- this imagery is, is used so often that there, there was actually a, a, this Ethiopian king in the early 19th century named Menelik, Menelik II, or the second, and he kind of took this Bible-eating metaphor literally, and whenever he became sick, he would actually tear pages from the Bible and, and eat them, thinking that that would help make him better. And uh, he actually died in 1913, at least in part, from eating all of the book of Second Kings. So uh, as far as I know, that's a true story. Um, so as we talk about this today, don't go home and, and start munching on your Bible, okay? All right, we're not goats. <laughs> so just keep that in mind. Um, but I, I bring all of this up because as Paul is encouraging Timothy uh, to stay strong and to keep plugging away um, and serving Jesus, he talks about uh, the importance of being nourished by God's Word. And, and in his first letter that, that he wrote to Timothy, he tells Timothy that, that a, a good minister of Jesus is, is brought up in the truths of the faith. And, and the, the word for brought up, it literally means nourished in Greek. And so he was encouraging Timothy to, to nourish himself on Scripture. And so that's our main topic today. And, and in our passage today, in Second. Timothy three fourteen through seventeen. He comes back to this theme again, and, and uh, Timothy is is facing challenges from from false teachers and and from those who would divide the church. and And, and Paul takes him back to the Word, 
the Word of God. And, and at that time, it would have been primarily the Old Testament, right? Um, which, you know, was, it was written to help direct people toward the Messiah, towards Jesus. And, and it was a guide towards Jesus. And so, um, you know, the Old Testament showed that Jesus, this Messiah, is going to be the fulfillment of, of all, for history of mankind. And so let's read our passage. It's a familiar passage to many of you, but Second uh, Timothy three fourteen through seventeen. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know uh, those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is God breathed, and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And so you can see how Paul is reminding Timothy just how important the Scriptures were. And, and maybe, I don't know, maybe Paul sensed that, that Timothy was starting to lose some of that, that zeal um, and excitement, um, and, he, and he's reminding him. And, um, you know, he took him back clear to the early part of his life. And, and uh, the, the things that that he was, you know, taught as a child, and and, and I think this this passage reinforces that how important it is to start teaching our children God's word from a very young age. I, I don't know if you guys realize it, but even in our nursery each week we have a, a short Bible lesson time for the kids, and and we want to start planting those those seeds of faith as as early as possible. And and I love to hear stories about our parents. Uh, who who just read their kids the Bible, tell them the Bible stories, and and the kids just soak them up. They they really do. And so we want to begin planting those seeds early on. You know, the Jewish family, which was Timothy's heritage, they they took the 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 biblical education of their children very seriously. Um, starting at age six, uh, Jewish boys would start school at the village synagogue and with the local rabbi, and some rabbis. Uh, would to kind of start things off they would dip the child's finger in in honey and and that was kind of a rare treat for the children he would say my child lick the honey and as he did this he would say to them the the word of god is like honey it's the most enjoyable thing you will ever taste and they would begin learning and memorizing the the old testament scriptures and, and and so these seeds were planted at a very young age but let's talk about, you know, why is it important, okay? If, if you're with a, a young kid, they can play the, the why question game. They, they ask you why about something, you give them an answer, and, and then they come back with, but why, right? And, and you can keep going on with that for, the, they can do it longer than you can answer. Um, you know, I think it's, it's okay to ask questions like why, well, you know, why is the Bible so important? And so let's look at that. Um, first of all, it's from God. Okay, it's from God. If we heard an audible voice here today, just kind of booming down, you know, we always think God's voice is booming. If we heard that, and maybe God said, Farod, I want you to all be Chicago Cubs fans. Okay. <laughs> okay, so first of all, we would know that was God, right? So... Uh, but <laughs> uh, I'm supposed to do the talking. <laughs> uh, 
but, but yeah, we might not like what God has to say, but, but if God was talking to us directly, we would probably listen. But you know what? That's what He's done with His Word. He is talking to us directly through people to, to write those things down, and, and this, is, this is what He has to say to us. Um, and so God's Word is basically this kind of series of letters that He's written to us. Um, do you remember when uh, we would actually get letters in the mail? <laughs> People would write those letters, and, and uh, it, w- it was a fun thing, right, to receive a letter. It, it, today, if you get a letter, you're really like, oh, man, I got a letter. Well, it's always been uh, kind of like that. And, and uh, I remember when I was dating Holly, uh, we were in college, and we never lived in the same town until we actually got married. And so um, we would write some letters to each other. We weren't like everyday kind of thing because we talked on the phone a lot. But if I got a letter from Holly, I, 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 wa- I was hungry to, to read that and, and uh, just you know, know everything she said and what, what's, what's going on. And so why, why was I hungry to, to, to read that and to devour that? Because, you know, I, I, I thought, man, I, I love this girl. I, I want to know what she has to say. And, and, and I think she loved me, too. Uh, isn't that special uh, I mean, it's, uh, so but but you know I'd read it several times because I wanted to to really get it in my mind what it had to say and and I was thinking about that with with God's word it's like God's word is a a love letter to us and and we should be hungry to know what it says and to read it and, and to get it into our minds and hearts. Our, our passage says the Scriptures are God-breathed. Okay, God-breathed. It is breathed from God to a writer and, and passed on to the world. In fact, it is amazing when you think about how God's Word was put together here on this earth. 66 books, 40 different writers from lots of different backgrounds, such as kings and farmers and fishermen and doctors and government officials, and, and, and written on three different continents in three different languages. Over a period of 1,500 years, God's Word was, was put together, and yet it fits and makes sense. And, and, and I was thinking about, well, what if we started writing the Bible today in 2018 and didn't finish till like the year 3518? You think that would, would be able to make sense if we just wrote any old book? No way. I, I mean, but that's what happened with the Bible, and it, and it, it fits together with a, a perfect theme throughout. But I think it was God just allowing us to, it, it's, to have a, a small glimpse into who He is and, and to get to know Him better and, and, and to understand a little bit about the God of the universe. And so the Bible is first of all from God, and then, then it guides us. Okay, our passage says it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Okay, there's so much to learn in God's Word about so many things, about the nature of God, about, about how we should live, about God's love, about, about right and wrong, about living a holy life, about, about joy and, and, and peace and comfort about salvation. It's just this incredible guide that, that we we're just have the privilege of having. About 15 years ago, I, 
I had the chance to go on kind of the fishing trip of a lifetime to Canada, and it was one of those deals where you drive up so far, and then uh, you get in a plane and fly up farther, and there's no roads that go that far. And, and this lake we went to is just known for its trophy walleyes, and I, I mean, they spoil you. We, they, they cook the food while we were there. We stayed in this beautiful cabin. They would clean the fish for us, and, and they would cook them for us, and, and, and it was just a, an amazing trip. Um, there was, I think, about 10 of us. Uh, that went on this trip it was all um, family and we had four or five boats that went out each day and there was one guide um, that would go in a boat and so um, you know each day two fishermen would have a guide and inevitably the boat with the fishing guide would catch more fish because the guide knew the lake. He knew where to find the best spots for the fish. And, and, and he would take And If they weren't biting one place, he knew, okay, there's another place over here. And, and so it, it helped to have the fishing guide. You know, the Bible, you think about our lives. And, and if we try to do things on our own, we, we're sure to kind of not do as well, right? But if we have the Bible as, as the guide in our life, it, it's going to help us. It doesn't mean we're not going to have any problems, but it means we're, we're better equipped to be able to handle those problems, right? And so if we're, we're deciding between, man, should I you know, kind of really get used to this guide and, and, and learn it and, and, and not, man, it should be no choice at all because it makes a difference. And so God's Word guides us, and, and, but not only does it guide us, most imper- importantly, it guides us to Jesus. It leads us to Jesus. Plain and simple that the Scriptures point to Jesus. And so once again, our passage says, From infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. And so God's Word is this, this story of redemption that was, was fulfilled through Jesus, from, from early in Genesis, when, when sin entered the world through Adam and Eve, and, and then to the world almost be, being wiped out by a flood, and then, and then you had God's people that were, you know, we were just kind of leading up towards Jesus, and, and they you know, made so many mistakes along the way, and you just see that story, but eventually to Jesus coming to this earth, fulfilling Scripture, and, and, and we just see that God's Word is a redemption story of mankind in john five thirty nine, jesus said that the scriptures they testify about me okay that, that that's just so true it's like they they're telling the story of jesus and you know sometimes the bible it's referred to as a good book but it's so much more than just a good book it's a book that can change your eternity and so sometimes it might feel kind of a little bit like a puzzle and it's feel like, man, it's kind of hard to understand. But when we put those pieces of the puzzle together, it just leads us to Jesus as the one and only Savior of the world. So it's a, if it's important to kind of symbolically eat God's Word to devour it, how, how do we get nourishment from it? How, how, do, how do we keep it from kind of just being empty ritual that, that we do um, and so, you know, I've, I've told you guys about my, my love for chips and French onion dip, right? Uh, and, and uh, you know, that there is really no redeeming value for them as far as, you know, health-wise, right? 
In fact, if you eat too much of them, you, you, you like look like a potato chip. But, uh, you know, with, with God's Word, we, we want spiritual nourishment. And there is value to it, but, but there's some, some maybe things that, that we can talk about that can help in that. So let's talk about a few strategies for spiritual nourishment from the Bible. And the first one is to, to study it regularly. Okay, uh, unfortunately, uh, studies say that Americans are becoming more and more Bible illiterate, and, and it is—it's more readily available to us than at any time in history. Uh, but we tend to tend to spend less time reading it than ever before, and, and we kind of—we're used to kind of quick and fast. And, and and to be honest, there there is no shortcut really for just reading God's Word and studying it and this is one of those things that you kind of need to do for yourself okay and and you think about the history of the bible and you guys do realize that for most of the last 2000 years really until about 500 years ago most people didn't have their own bible okay that you had to rely on somebody else reading it and interpreting it and, and and many times that was abused by the church and so it really is a privilege to, to be able to read the Bible for ourselves. Um, it, and that's a big deal. People, it really is. Because that it, between that and prayer, those are the two biggest ways that God speaks to us today, right? And so if we're just kind of pushing that aside, we're missing out on what God wants to say to us. And here's the thing. You still listening? Okay. Uh, you don't ever get to the point of knowing it all and having it all figured out. Okay, the, the Bible, there's it, it something amazing about it. It's God's living word, and, and, and He just keeps speaking to people through the, the Bible throughout our lives. D.L. Moody said, A man can no more take in a supply of grace for the future than he can eat enough for the next six months. You know, I, I don't know how many times I've heard people say, and how many times I've said it myself, I, you know, I've read this passage so many times, and, and I never noticed that before. Have you, anybody ever said that? Yeah, we all we we do that. It's like, what was that in there before? I mean, something must have changed. I never saw that, and and it's just the way God works. At different times, he he speaks to us in different ways, and so we need to just keep learning and studying from God's word throughout our lives. So sometimes we need to turn off our our TV and put down the smartphone, or get up a, a little earlier. Take a few minutes during our break at work or whatever you need to do, but, but to read God's Word. And don't just read it. Think about it. Okay, so process it. Meditate it. Meditate on it. Uh, pray about it. Think about what God is trying to say. You know, when I was younger, uh, I had this idea for some reason that, that I needed to, to read three chapters of the Bible a day. And, you know, that's a... It's not a bad thing, right? You know, every day. Um, but a lot of times it became a race to read my three chapters. Okay, so I just had to get through my three chapters and then, okay, I'm good. I, I, I did my thing for the day. Um, these days, sometimes I'll get going and, and read a, a bunch of chapters in, in one day. But sometimes I'll just kind of slow down and, and stop and, and I won't even get through a chapter because I'm, just, I'm trying to think about it and process it and and understand what God is trying to say. Psalms 1 says to, to meditate day and night 
on God's Word. So, you know, even when you've, you're done reading these verses, you, like, chew on them a little bit. Meditate. Think about them. And sometimes we need to slow down instead of speed up. And then get it in your head. Okay, get God's Word stuck in your head. You don't want to have an in one ear and out the other thing type thing, okay? So a lot of us, you know, going back to taking tests or some of you are in college or whatever, sometimes you get as much information in your brain, right? And then when you get done with the test, what do you do? It's like dump it out, right? Okay, okay get that out so I have room for the, the rest of the next test. You know, that, that's not what we're trying to do with God's Word. And, and the best way to do this is, is to, to memorize it, okay? And, and most of us struggle with this one, don't we? Including me. It is hard to memorize, and, and, and we think, you know, I, I can't learn anymore. I'm too old. My brain's too old, right? I know. That, and we think, we see kids and how they can just learn things and memorize things, and we think, man, I can't do that anymore. But I, I think we can. It might be a little harder um, than when we were younger, but, but I think we, we learn other things, and so it's probably just an excuse that we, we can't learn it anymore. And so there's lots of way to, ways to do it. I, I do best when I write it down on a 3 by 5 card, and, and I can just kind of read it over again and, and take it with me. And, but there's lots of ways to memorize Scripture, okay? As I was working on this, this message, I thought, you know, there's probably apps that will help with Bible memorization. And so I, I looked up, and sure enough, there's all kinds of apps there, that, uh, some that are free, some that you can pay for that will help you uh, in memorization. But, um, but I want to challenge everyone today to start memorizing Scripture again, or maybe for the first time. And, um, you know, just plug away. Maybe it's a, a verse a week, or if it takes you a couple weeks to learn that verse, just, just think about that. Even if you learn one verse every two weeks, by the, in a year you'd have 26 more verses in your head. Or if you did one every week, you'd have 52 verses in your head. Um, and so... To challenge us this week, I wanted us to all learn the same two verses this week. So um, they are on cards in front of you if you want to take them with you. Those yellow cards are our memory verse for the week. And, and so what do you guys think? Can we learn these verses by next Sunday? Can we do this? Would you do it with me? Okay. Yes, Dan, we'll do this. Yes, all right, yes, all right. We will do this. Okay, so next week we're going to try to say this together, these verses, and, and we'll, we'll try, to try to do it from memory. So let's read it together now, and, and then we'll, we'll start learning it this week. All right, you ready? All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped. For every good work. All right. So let's do it this week. Serious. All right. Don't make me come to your house. You, we can do this together. So uh, there was a missionary to China. Um, has uh, ties to our, our heritage as a church. His name was J. Russell Morse. And, and he was arrested in the 1940s in China for, for preaching Christ. And he spent 15 months in a Chinese communist prison. 
And in, in, uh, in telling the story of Morse, uh, Seth Wilson wrote this. He endured severe torture and terrific strain, supported chiefly by his memory of the Bible. He testifies that the promises and precepts of God's word came to him in memory and gave strength, wisdom, and hope, which were sorely needed. Therefore, he urges all his brethren to fill their memories with that living and powerful word. Okay, so, I mean, he was in a terrible situation, but it was God's word that he had committed to memory that helped get him through those times. Um, And so, we need to get it in there. And I know it's hard, but, but it's so important to do that. And so as we think about reading God's Word, though, um, some of you are probably thinking, you know, I've tried to read the Bible before, and, and it's, it's a struggle. Okay, I, I get lost, I get bored, I get bogged down. And so I um, just want to talk quickly through a few of um, Dan's top seven uh, Bible study tips here. You guys probably have other tips too, but but one is to, to pray before you read. Um, ask God what He wants to say to you through the passage and and uh, ask God to help you stay focused. A- ask God to speak to you through the Word and, and it's just going to help you kind of focus when you're reading. Um, so pray before you read. Educate yourself about what you're reading. I think it's it's good to kind of learn about the book uh, before you read it, if you have a study Bible at the beginning of the book, there's, you know, it always talks about that book and just gives you some details. You know, who wrote the book, uh, when was it written, why was it written, what are some of the main points, and 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 so there's just um, it's good to kind of get an idea of what you're the background of what you're reading. And there's lots of resources that can help you with that. Don't try to read the whole Bible straight through. Okay, the, this is just my thing, but but I've I've seen. People struggle uh, with this so many times. They'll start at the beginning of the year. I'm going to read the Bible, the whole Bible this, this year. I'm starting Genesis. And, and they start out and they're going good. And, and they get about to, to Leviticus and Numbers. And, and it's like, oh man, this is rough. There's a lot of lists of names. And, and, and so they just get, they get bogged down. And, so, um, and then they stop. You know, I, th- I think it would be easier to stick with it if you're getting you're reading some new testament each day some some old testament or maybe read a couple of old testament books and the reading new testament and and it'll just kind of help you to stay with it um and so that's just my thought uh don't get too far from the gospels okay that here's what i mean by that jesus you know he is the heart and the soul of the Bible. We talk about that all the time. But the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John—they're different accounts, as you know, of the story of Jesus. And and uh, you know we need the whole Bible. The whole Bible is important, but we need to keep coming back to Jesus. And so so maybe you read a couple other books, you know, and then come back and read Matthew. And and uh, I, I just think it's important to to keep feeding yourself with with the the books about Jesus. Um, write down thoughts and questions. As you're reading, sometimes you're going to be like, what in the world is that talking about, right? There's some tough things in, in God's Word. And so, so write down those things that you're struggling with or you're trying to figure out, and, and, and uh, maybe you can uh, look them up later, talk to a more mature Christian, see what they have to say about it. And, so, um, and then you can be also write down what God's talking, you know, what you're learning. And so it's kind of a, a journal type thing. Um, devotionals are good, but they aren't a substitute for reading God's Word for yourself. 
Okay, there are a ton of good devotionals out there, more than, than ever before, and, and, and you, can, you can buy devotional books, you can subscribe to emails that send devotionals, you can go on the Bible app and get all kinds of topics that, that you can look at, and they're all good, and they have their place, but, but they aren't a substitute for reading God's Word for yourself. Okay, so we, we all need to keep digging into God's Word. And, and then finally, find what works best for you. Okay, ultimately, the, the most important thing is you need to be studying God's Word. And, and there are a lot of options out there for reading the Bible. Uh, like I said, you can use the, the Bible app. You can listen to it. If, if uh, you're not a strong reader or you just like listening, you can, they have it recorded. Um, you can do that. Uh, you can read it to your spouse. You know, read it to each other. Um, so many things that you can do, but find what works for you. So the, the Apostle Paul, he, he knew how important scriptures were. And at, at the end of this, this letter, if, if you remember, he, he asked Timothy to, to come to him quickly. And, and he said, bring his uh, parchments with him. And, and most scholars believe that he's saying bring his copies of the Old Testament. You know, he missed them. And, and, he, and he's probably been arrested so quickly and he just didn't even have a chance to bring stuff with him. And so Paul treasured this book um, and so we have a a special treasure that god has given us we call it the the bible um, but it, it is better than any earthly treasure could ever be and and so let's 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 love this book let's let's treasure this book let's be hungry for this book that we just want to 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 devour and so we can get to know better our God. I want to close with just a, a special video about how God's word helped one person during during a very difficult time. And so let's watch this. Um, the Bible was forever changed for me uh, three years ago in Washington, D.C. I, I was at an event for International Justice Mission, and they had a young woman there, um, Elizabeth, who's 23 now, but at the time of this story, she was, um, she was 15 when she was uh, the oldest of seven children living in a Christian family. She wanted to go to Bible college and was in between her sophomore and junior year. Uh, she found out about a job in a neighboring community, but while she traveled to that job, she was abducted and taken into captivity in a brothel. It was uh, taken across um, the border into a country where she didn't speak the language. And this young woman of faith, um, hearing her story, you know, in her own words, um, she said, I just, all I knew to do is call out to God. And um, she asked, begged God to save her. And the girls even gathered around and mocked her. They said, God can't hear you in a place like this. I mean, it's, it, it was the Psalms, you know, happening in that moment as, as her enemies mocked her. And she said, still, I believed. And an IJM, International Justice Mission operative, came and found her there. And they, they did their investigation, rescued her that night. And, um, and when they went into Elizabeth's room, they found something that they had never seen before. Uh, in her little six-foot-by-eight-foot room written on the wall above her mattress was, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? 
And um, a friend of mine who works with IJAM had told me later, we, we asked Elizabeth if she would share that psalm as a part of her story, and, and she had said, no, that, that psalm really was for that time in the brothel. She said, I, I won't read that verse, but she said, I will read Psalm 34, which says, I sought the Lord and he heard my cry. That changed the whole gospel for me. I, I think that as an American Christian, I've taken a lot of these verses to be a sort of a figurative bondage, a figurative oppression. And now I can't read Isaiah the same way. There are people in literal bondage. And I am called to be a part of that, to be a part of that freedom. And um, uh, it's it's just completely changed the the Old Testament, the New Testament. This this young woman taking hold of this of this verse in such a real way.